I want to ask you a question this morning if you've ever played a game. And the game that I want to ask about is the Never Have I Ever game. Have you ever played that game? And I'm not talking about the college partying game, which that's a kind of a different version. What I'm talking about is the youth group game, Never Have I Ever. And Never Have I Ever is a youth group game or a game for ice breaking where you have people sitting around in a circle and there's one person in the middle. And the person in the middle says, Never Have I Ever. And then they come up with something that they've never done. Never have I ever, and then they say that thing, and then what ends up happening is if you've never done the same thing that they've said, you switch seats, and it's kind of uh, like that game um, Duck, Duck, Goose, where the last person you know, is out because they can't find a seat. Everyone's around. The person in the middle tries to find a seat, and whoever can't find a seat, they're the one now in the middle calling out the never have I ever. And so, for example, you know, maybe someone's in the middle and says, never have I ever traveled outside the United States of America. And so everybody would run around and they would find seats and then the last person to find a seat, they would get stuck in the middle and they'd have to come and they'd be it and they'd say something else. Like, never have I ever eaten frog's legs. And then everyone would run around. If you've never eaten frog's legs, you run around. And if you have eaten frog's legs, you just stand there and you don't move. But if you've never eaten frog's legs, you run around. And then the person who gets caught is it and they say, never have I ever worn ladies' underpants. And they would run around and it's a lot of fun with youth group. But it's that kind of a thing. The never have I ever game. And I was thinking this past week, what if adults played this game? What if adults played the game never have I ever? But instead of asking silly icebreaker questions, we got a little bit more personal. Maybe we started asking questions about our faith or about our relationship with God, our relationship here in the church. Like, for example, maybe you'd say something like, never have I ever been to a new members class, or never have I ever participated in an Easter sunrise service, or never have I ever gone on a missions trip. And so people would move or not move according to what they happen to uh, have done in their lifetime. But then I was thinking, after even going beyond that, could we go a little bit more personal? Could we dig down a little bit more? You know, maybe there are some things like that I just said that you've done, maybe you haven't done, but how about never have I ever lied to someone? Never have I ever leaked information that I shouldn't have. Never have I ever looked at something I wasn't supposed to. Never have I ever cheated on someone. Never have I ever cheated on God. Never have I ever, ever cheated on myself out of living the best life that I could possibly live. Right, as I was thinking about this game and I was reflecting on this game, I realized that if we all played this game, never have I ever, at this personal level, before too long, all of us would be standing there. Nobody would be moving seats. We'd all be looking down, standing perfectly still, not feeling very good about ourselves. Never have I ever. And this is why as we selected this song today, this song that we're going to listen to in today's concert series from Zach Williams, this song is a song of hope. It's a song of encouragement because when we feel never have I ever and we don't feel good about ourselves, we need words like these to come into our lives to encourage us and to lift us up. It's a song about encouragement that we can all be a little bit more like Jesus and a little bit less like ourselves. And if we could do that, life would be a whole lot better. And so here now is our summer message series concert song by Zach Williams.
loving like Jesus. And yet consistently we choose to love like ourselves. And we wonder why life is so hard. We wonder why people are so angry. We wonder why life and this world is such a mess. How much better would the world be? How much better would you and I be if we loved people a little more like Jesus and a little less like ourselves? In his song, Zach starts out by singing that he has days he loses the fight. 
He tries his best, but he just can't get it right. Where he talks a talk, he doesn't walk, and he misses moments right before his eyes. I don't know about you, but I identify with these lyrics. That's me. I'm willing to bet that that's you also. As people of faith, we live in this precarious world. We live in this really challenging place. We go to church. We watch messages online. We spend time reading the Bible. We are learning how to put Jesus first in our lives. We're trying to help others. We're trying to learn how to give of our time, talent, and our treasure. We gather together in groups. We learn to put Jesus first, as I said. We participate in the sacraments. All these things we do. We try to follow Jesus. But we miss the moments. We miss the opportunities that pass right before our eyes. And every day, every day we lose the fight with sin. Every day we lose the fight with sin, with anger and pride, with lust and apathy and greed, just to name a few. Every day we lose those fights. And while we are battling, while we are distracted, somebody comes along with a hurt that we could have helped. Somebody comes along with a hand that we could have (coughs) held, and, and we just can't see past ourselves. There's this part of us, there's a part of me, and and I'm betting there's a part of you that wants to be better, and we cry out, Lord, help me be a little more like you. Help me, God. As people of faith, when you trust in Jesus, like Pastor Jane spoke about last week when she was talking about the song, Trust and Obey. When you learn to trust that Jesus knows what's best for you, this is what she said, and each and every day you learn how to follow the Holy Spirit of God, letting the Spirit of God guide you, others will see Jesus living through you. This is the whole reason that the church exists. This is the purpose of the church, to let others know that Jesus makes a big difference in this world. Living like Jesus makes a difference in how we face the pandemic. Living like Jesus makes a difference in the stressors of our daily living. Living like Jesus makes a difference in how we interact with each other. Living like Jesus makes a difference in the way we treat our family members and our friends and our coworkers, whether the world realizes it or not. Having Jesus in your life makes a difference. And people need what the Holy Spirit of God has to offer. People need what Jesus has to offer. They need Jesus and they need to be loved like Jesus through you. So we have Jesus, and we have his love, and we have people who need to receive God's love. We have Jesus, and we have the people, right? That's what we have between these things. The question is, how do we carry, how do we carry God's love to people? That's the question, because right, we've, we've already identified, on our own, we're going to drop it. On our own, we're going to take God's love, and we're going to mess it up. We, ju- we just do that. We, d- we don't understand it. We don't do it well. And so we drop that. We fail. We, we miss the opportunities. We miss the marks. We try, but as he said in the song, Zach Williams, we try, but we just don't get it right on our own. So how do we get Jesus' love to the people who need it most? And here's where we look at the Bible. And we turn to a book within the scripture that many scholars believe is the very first book written in the New Testament. It's the book of Galatians. And Galatians was written at a time when the church was just getting started. Uh, Jesus had walked on the earth. He had died. He had resurrected. He had spent time with his disciples. And then he ascends into heaven. And now the church is left to figure out how to be the church. And so you got these Jews and these Gentiles and these people who are trying to learn how to live the way of Jesus. 
And they were trying to learn how to love each other and how to be in community together. And in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, we read the Apostle Paul. He says this to the church. He says that when you live a life and you are the center of everything, it's going to fall apart. When you live a life and you are the center of everything, you're going to have all kinds of problems. But, he says, when God is at the center, when you trust the Holy Spirit of God to guide you, this is where we pick it up in verse 22. When you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It produces love and joy and peace and patience. It produces kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. This is what the Spirit of God brings into our lives. Against these qualities, against these attributes, there is no law. Aren't these the qualities that we're all looking for in life? Aren't these the qualities we're looking for? The fruit of the Spirit is what God offers people through through Jesus. When we draw close to Jesus, when we live like him, this is what you and I can share with the people around us. We can share love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are all qualities that the church has in abundance. Aren't these the qualities that the world is looking for right now? The word fruit translated here in Galatians, it can be translated like fruit, something that you would eat, but there's also a translation that also that, that applies here, and that's the, the fruit of, uh, of the sense of, of fruit as in the work of your hands, that which you do, that's what you create, the, that which you produce from working, the fruit of your, of your labor, so to speak. So in other words, the fruit or the result of the Holy Spirit in your life is going to be someone who believes in Jesus and lives out what Jesus is teaching him or her. The result of that is going to be love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we allow more of God to have more access to us, then we're allowing more of the Holy Spirit to reach more people in the world. It's that simple. Letting more of Jesus in our lives is how we show the fruit of God to other people. And the best way for us to show the fruit of the Spirit into others' lives is to make sure that the fruit of the Spirit is living within us. So here's what I want you to do this week. I want to ask you to pick a fruit. I don't care which one, but pick a fruit. Pick a fruit from the list and start harvesting that fruit in your life this week. It doesn't matter which fruit you pick. Start with, with, with whichever fruit draws your attention the most. Start with, with whichever fruit speaks to you. And then write it down. Write it down. Tape it to uh, your coffee machine or take it to, tape it to the back of your front door. Tape it to the steering wheel of your car this week. I don't care where you put it, but put it somewhere so that before you start your day, before you start your day in the morning, say to yourself, today I'm going to exhibit love, God's love. The way God loves people, I'm going to exhibit that. Or say to yourself, today I'm going to exhibit joy, the joy of God. I want more of that in my life, and I want to share God's joy with the world. I'm going to exhibit peace the way God would exhibit peace or patience in this world today. The way others experience you is the way others are going to experience God. 
The way others experience Jesus is when you and I share God by the way we live. And so in the music video that this song is, is Zach Williams is singing, Zach Williams is seen driving an old-time double-clutch bus. As he drives along, he's driving the road, and, and he drives along, and he picks people up along the way. And so as he's doing this, there are these strangers who are in this time of need, various strangers, and all of them get into the bus, which for me is, is just symbolizing God taking care of them. And so if you've seen this video, I encourage you to go back and rewatch it. If you haven't seen the video, uh, we're going to put the link right in the comment section of, of, uh, of Facebook, but it's also on our website. Uh, I encourage you, go to the uh, YouTube um, video and watch this video. If you've seen it before, watch it again. If you've never seen it, go watch it this time. But I want you to pay attention when you watch this video. And again, if you're doing this for the second time, watch for the homeless man who is walking with his shopping cart. And in his shopping cart, he has a, a cardboard sign that says, I still need help. And during the song, he abandons his cart. He, the bus comes along. He abandons his cart. He gets onto the bus. And everyone is singing. Everyone who's on the bus is singing this song with Zach Williams that we just heard. They're traveling down the road. They're singing with Zach. I want you to notice this man. In the midst of everyone else, look for this man. What you will notice is he isn't so sure about everyone around him. He's not so sure about the singing. He's not so sure about the joy and the celebration. He is not so sure about the people or the bus or any of it. At one time, he, he kind of sings the song to kind of go with them, but another time, everyone's singing, and if you look at him, he's not singing at all. At one time, he's clapping, but at other times, he's not clapping. He's just silent. It's like he's questioning as he's going along this journey. It's like he's questioning about the love of the people around him. He's not sure about them. But the love of the people around him compel him to stay on the bus. He stays on the bus. And this is what you and what I have to offer the world. When you love like Jesus, you show others that love. And the Holy Spirit acts through you. And the Holy Spirit helps get people where they most need to go. That's the purpose of the fruit of the Spirit. And so this week, I'm going to encourage you to get yourself a fruit. Grab a fruit and write it down. If you want to print something like this, that's fine too. But find the fruit of the Spirit that most speaks to you on this screen. Get yourself a fruit and hold on to it. God has already planted the seed in your life. The very fact that you are listening to me talk right now means you are discovering how to trust Jesus with your life. Choose a fruit that you can work on this week and let love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let all of that grow in the world through you. So when you wake up tomorrow morning, when you wake up tomorrow morning, say a little prayer, hold that fruit in front of you and ask, God, how can I be a little more like Jesus and a little less like me today? Amen.